Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Milwaukee, start your engines. It's a new season. It's a new show. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Now, Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Beautiful weather this weekend. Make sure you get a get out to Great Lakes Dragway, see some good drag racing, a lot of fun, a lot of stuff to do out there. Also, like to thank the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association for their support. Uh, they can be found on the web at milwcar.com. In studio this weekend with me is Tony Dezino from NBC Sports Motorsport or NBC Sports. Motorsports section. Correct. Yes. Yeah. The the always clunkily but never short on content named uh, version on on the on the sidebar. Yeah. Basically, we had all the talk sites: pro football talk, hardball talk, college basketball talk, all all the rest. But pro football talk was the only one that actually kept its name when we re redid the site last year. So uh, they kind of shifted shifted everything to an NBCSports.com slash MLB NFL Motors. So Spe- speaking it. of NFL, I want to put the brakes on here real quick and go back to Mitch here. So, oh, okay. All right. Clay Matthews got fined. He did. Did he get fined for a, a head-to-head hit or because he broke his arm? I mean, I guess it was because thing? he led with his helmet. So into his arm. Yep. I, I guess. I, or, I mean, you saw the play, right? Yeah. It, it was. I didn't. It think looked it was, ugly, but I didn't think right. he'd break his arm. And then, uh, right. Sure enough, he did. And he was sandwiched, I believe, between Matthews and Peppers, which I, is so not a good spot to be. So Ugh. now, yeah. I mean, it, it was a. It's a football play i mean so now we just find yeah, him if he I, hurt a guy now i mean you know obviously the hot button topics the past few weeks one of them has been uh nfl's ratings have apparently dropped significantly this year right um and there's a number of reasons and i think that might be one of them honestly because right. people I mean, don't know what's a fine anymore or what's the, the quality of play i feel like it's just gone way down absolutely I mean, it's so weird where it's like you know when i'm on the road at a race it's not necessarily guaranteed i can watch the packers game it's a hope that it's going to be one of the two national games or if mm-hmm. not it's going to be you know the sunday night game or the thursday night game as it was in austin last week and i'm thinking to myself this just isn't compelling it's like it it, it, it feels weird to not be as engaged as, as you have been in the past where it's like oh, well if i miss the game this week eh, miss the game this week you're you know? talking so, sunday night games or in general because I mean, typically the thursday night games the thursday nights are dogs. have not have those not are, been good those are dogs. <laughs> and this past week was it was a glaring example of that too and i know for like monday night games at least for me it's like i'm done with football for the week already and it's like here I got. I'm supposed to watch a Monday night game. Well, the, part of the thing with the Thursday, there's a number of reasons. Well, the Thursday night game, there's a reason for that. And it's because there's a rule that every team has to get on national TV. Right, once. that is a rule. So yes. I mean, that's one way so, of getting them on national TV is throwing them on a yeah, Thursday yeah, to, to get I, them out of the way game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> kind of yeah. two birds and one stone. With I would say Jacksonville and Tennessee. If you're gonna hide Tennessee and Jacksonville, wouldn't it be Monday night? I mean. 
That's Ooh. that's a prime time yeah, game, think, and but it, ESPN is not a ES- na- not ne- technically national TV. I, mean, I think it's, it's easier for NFL to pimp Jags Titans on its own network than it is that's, for ESPN. Exactly, that's that, very so. very true. I think the the yeah, I but think, a lot of those Monday night games are pro- arguably the worst ones. I think the suits in Bristol were saying, no, no, don't throw that at us. Yeah. Poor, uh, Sean, poor Sean McDonough. You know, the guy finally gets the Monday night gig, and it's like, oh, now? Now yeah, I get right. it with, mm-hmm. you know, and he goes off four or five games into it just complaining about the refs and the officiating. Yeah, and I mean, the like, I said, opaque, Sean like I said, you've got Thursday night, you've got London games Sunday mornings, mm-hmm. noon, three, Sunday night. And you're expecting, you know, it's just, it's overload. It's like, I like my nine hour block on Sundays. I don't need the additional six to now nine hours of additional content. It's yep. no different than, than racing where, but there's some, there's some race weekends where it's like, you'll have an IndyCar, an F1 and NASCAR. But then when you have to add in a sports car weekend or like so, some, before you know it, you've watched 26 hours mm-hmm. of content and you're like, I can't take anymore. Well, I need, I need to go for a run. You know? I think, so. I think fantasy Football is what saved the NFL because they would be in real trouble if it wasn't for fantasy football. Great, mm-hmm. uh, a great I, example. I think fantasy of that. football took them over the top as far as yeah. popularity. Oh, a great example yeah. of that. I'm watching this this abortion of a game on Thursday between Jacksonville and Tennessee because I forgot to bench Blake Bortles, <laughs> and I am cussing and screaming at the TV because they're playing like absolute crap. And I'm thinking, wait, the garbage man, behind. the garbage, garbage man's time. The garbage and man sure himself, enough, Blake Bortles. Yep. He is probably going to be a top five quarterback. And I was literally laughing and giggling like a little kid in that fourth quarter yep. because he, the guy turned into, you know, Bart, Brett Favre. I mean, he is throwing and bebopping down this. And then that yep. final drive, they, they actually, Just a thing of beauty. They actually wrote a story <laughs> on it. I posted on my Facebook page. I saw that, yeah. Because it was like, it was incredible. They, like, you know, they were like, you had John Elway with the drive, but this is the Blake Bortles garbage time drive that was just incredible. 330 some yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. He got a two point conversion. He ran for 22 yards. I mean, I was, la- I was I mean, giggling. And that's what happened to him last year, which yeah. kind of built yeah. the hype for him this year that, you, you know, at the end of the day, you look at the numbers and it's like, this guy's fantastic, but. We don't. I mean, yes, he he led the league in interceptions, which should be the biggest red flag right there. Is that he took them out of every game by throwing interceptions, and then he padded his stats in the, in the second half. Well, I got some good news here, and uh, I, this is pertains to Tony, and let's see if Tony agrees with me. We're talking about Dance with the Stars, speaking of TV, and I, I'm oh not boy. getting a lot of buzz with the IndyCar people, but I think that's a good thing. Yes, because if you see. Where he where he's been, what shows he's been on, mm-hmm. that is perfect. That's exactly what it needs to be. Stop we, preaching to the choir. You know, Get it's it? it's funny. I, I I had the discussion when this started with you know my my colleagues in the office. Like you know what I say, office. It's in Stanford. It's all email and you know phone calls. But how much coverage are we really going to give? Because a, it's an ABC show. It's an NBC site. You know, right. you know, you're going to cross promote as much as you can, but you also don't want to over cross promote right. in a sense where it's like. We're not going to do something on this every week, but you see, it's like good day, sorry, good day, LA. Um, a few other, you know, national shows. I mean, he's on Ellen. He's been on Ellen, right? Yep. I mean, he's uh, he's been all over the place, and it's been great to see because it's a guy that we know internally inside the bubble what. Uh, how big of an ambassador he is, and now the whole world gets to see this. Ten million people watch this show every week. That's a huge number. Mm-hmm. So, and. For a guy that's, you know, unheralded, you know, we've known him for, you know, 10 years since he was racing Atlantics at, at Road America. But, uh, you know, it's this is a chance for him to, to, to be uh, out and exposed on, on a national stage. I think this is doing more 
to promote the sport than uh, you know, and any, probably anything. more than Elio did too. Because right. remember when Elio did it in 07, 08, you didn't have social media to the same degree that you do mm-hmm. now. Now you've got them pimping it on social every week, where suddenly it's not just the call-ins, but it's the Facebook votes. Right. It's the you know it's the preaching on that. It's the instant uploads of the video in case you missed it. You know, there's there's way more access to seeing what he's doing besides just the show itself. And he's the perfect guy for it. Mm-hmm. Perfect guy, good looking guy. Very, I mean, he he comes across very relaxed, easy on TV. The first week, it was funny when you watch the first week. He was it was very subdued, and you're like, oh, I wish you would have did more. But you're like, he's he's good. Mm -hmm. You know, he's gonna. I don't know if he's gonna win this thing, but you know, you could kind of look at what the competition was, and like. This guy should be able to get into the top three. Right. I, I figured going in, he he was at least a top four con- contestant. And this is considering the considerable handicap of the guy has never danced publicly prior. I'm sure. I don't know if he danced privately ever either. I'm, I'm sure he does. I mean, it's Hinch. You know, right. he's probably, you know he's, he brews his own beer. I'm sure he's busted a move at some point in his life at, at some stage. But, uh, uh, you know, at a certain point, you, you wonder how, okay, th- we, this is going to be great to get us through this winter stretch. Where does it translate in the in the spring? That's going to be the, the the next telltale sign because that's that's the thing with Elio is they still refer to him as oh you know dancing with the stars champion dude won three Indy five hundreds too but uh, right. they 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 often re- reference the dancing with the stars mentioned first. What's the latest happening in IndyCar? Uh, Hinch's teammate actually is a topic of conversation i guess and this just came down to today um it's expected mikhail oishin the the russian driver the mad russian who's gonna is gonna be back next year not 100 percent set in stone yet there was a, a an article from indycar's website last week i believe that said that it was a done deal i don't think it is done yet and you know my, my rule of thumb with team signings is usually don't believe it until you actually see the press release in the inbox because right 98 of the time things are gonna are gonna happen but you you consider the situation of where mikhail's been with uh, with the Russian money and politics, and I think and, that's what this is. And I think that's just all this yeah. is. It's, you know, it's a formality of dotting the i's, crossing the t's. You know, checking your emails because I think Russians. wasn't it a couple of years ago there was an issue sanctions. There was yeah because of, yeah because they couldn't get sanctions the money were imposed or on SMP, which is his sponsor. SMP Bank is this huge uh, internet Russian bank, but it also has then the the offshoot SMP Racing, which has a huge. Uh, influence in, in open wheel racing and sports car racing. They run. They built their own prototypes, which can't run next year. Now it's uh, that's you know. So Mikhail's off. He's still got two or three more races left this year anyway in, in sports cars. So um, yeah. So you know we'll we'll hit where he's at and kind of the rest of the IndyCar still is using it in a bit. It's not time for a break yet. It's time for a break yet. See, this is this is what Hinch would do. You know, it's like you know we'll 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 build up the scores after the break. Yep. All right. Well, let's let's talk more IndyCar um, after the break here. And then when we, when we so we will talk IndyCar. And then at the bottom of the hour, we'll bring uh, Eddie Lapine in from RacingNation.com. We'll talk Formula One, which is qualifying now in Mexico or Mexico. And we'll talk uh, more about Formula One and and uh, Audi's departure and uh, re-entry into another series after the break. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at MILWCAR.com. This 
is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove, along with our friends at Milwaukee Area Apple Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Talking with Tony DeZeno from NBCSports.com. And uh, we were talking IndyCar. And uh, what's the latest with AJ Foyt Racing? That I mean, is they, the, are, they are gone to Chevy. They're gone to Chevy. It's just a case where GM always takes a little bit longer to dot the, again, dot the I's, cross the T's on contracts. So they can't officially announce until they, they have a signed contract. But from the balance of power perspective, they have to move right. because Honda can't run 15 cars. And now who's the lin- who, who's the linchpin here? The, the the next driver to fall? Is it Montoya right or now, is it Sato? Neither. Might no. be Munoz. Okay. I think I think it's between Montoya and Munoz is the next ball to drop in terms because you look at the free agent list. There's still about 20 drivers for about seven or eight spots. Is is kind of how it's shaping up right now. And the big question is, does Montoya take one of the two primary paid seats, which is the Ed Carpenter lead car for mm-hmm. the full season, or the the lead car with AJ Foyt racing? And he's in a situation where. Face it, he's driven for Penske and Ganassi his whole of his career in IndyCar. He drove for Williams and McLaren in F1. With no disrespect to Ed and AJ, you know, they're two American dudes, legends. Yeah. Ed's really built his team up to become something where it's, you know, it was second or third best team this year at most races. AJ's team, you know, Larry Foyt's worked hard, but they just, having their Texas headquarters, right. they just they don't have the consistency and the, the personnel to be there. So if Montoya doesn't go in one of those two seats, then it falls to Munoz, who seems to be close to a slam dunk at Foyt, although I talked to somebody in, in Austin who says he could still stay with Andretti for another year, and, and that's possible from a continuity standpoint. You know, the team doesn't want to lose him. Rob Edwards has said that very openly because he got to work with him on the radio this year he was their best performing driver overall right for points yeah i i think that's a misnomer in some regards rossi was the rossi was well honestly i'd say hunter ray was still their best guy this year i know the points say otherwise but because he he got jobbed at a couple races he got jobbed at three or four races pocono pocono indy and phoenix were all races he very easily could have won and he didn't and indy in particular because it's a double points that just knocks you back i mean Mm -hmm. the the craziest stat for me this year is is rossi outscored connor daly in the two double points races 184 to 34 wow and he won the rookie of the year by like fifty or sixty points. I don't remember what and, the what the total was. And but he's really big, camp- big disparity. He's really campaigning hard for the forty one car, right? Connor, yeah. Yes. Connor is in a very much. He fits Foyt in. Foyt would probably fit him scenario, right? But I don't know if he wants it enough. And I know he wants. And what I mean by that is he wants it. He desperately wants it, but sometimes you have to work a little harder behind the scenes right. to kind of make it look. You, you notice a lot of the guys that are out there looking, Gabby Chavez, Sage Karam, J.R. Hildebrand, who just got married last weekend, uh, R.C. Enerson, Spencer Piggott, they're not talking 
You know, if you're talking during the off season, it sometimes almost bites you inadvertently because, you know, there, there's a fine line between saying, hey, I want to be in a car versus, hey, I need to be in a car and, you know, you should hire me because I, you can do that. And 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 nobody wants to see Connor in a car more than I do, you know, outside there, of a couple of friends is. But. There, there's a great story uh, about 10 years ago when um, when the seat opened up at, at Ray Hall and Vitor Mira was literally camping at the front door at like 6 a.m. waiting for Bobby to come in to get the sh- yeah. to get the seat. I mean, what what more can some of these guys do other than that? And if you do that, I'm I'm kind of like if I'm AJ, I'm like, "Well, boy, you <laughs> you must really want this ride, but I mean, I can't see Connor really doing that." I mean, he, there there's a relationship already because they drove, but secondary to that with Foyt, it's going to be interesting because that's a team that's going to be split up most likely next year. I think the 14 car mm-hmm. will be in Indy. And then forty one will stay in, in Houston, Texas, right? And that's that's the question mark, isn't it? I mean, it's it's a case where they need they need a bigger indie presence, Indianapolis presence, with one of their two cars, whichever one they decide to kind of help. Well, spur. <laughs> it's part of the deal with the town of Speedway mm-hmm. when they bought that building. Build, building, right? And I talked to Larry about this. And the other thing is manpower. Yep. He can't. Uh, he told me it's very very hard to have two cars in Houston from manpower to get the guys that they need. The experienced yep. guys are all in Indy. And you could kind of tell from chatting with Larry that, you know, AJ wants to stay there and, and he's slowly <laughs> kind of, okay, well, let's buy a building. There's a and, reason yeah. Foyt is a winery, isn't there? So right. the more the more glasses you have, the more the more of an <laughs> So more, I mean, more compatible, it's, it gets. it's a matter of time, and and it makes sense. I mean, you yeah. really need a presence in Indianapolis, and having a fourteen car, I think, splitting the team up, is is the next logical step for them. Right, and and for Connor, I mean, here's the the list is is you look at guys that were full season this year: Montoya, Munoz, uh, Max Chilton, who isn't confirmed whether he'll be back, Sato, Hawksworth, Daly, uh, Spencer Piggott ran most of the races. There, uh, Hildebrand. There's then the Karam, Brabham, uh, Chavez, Enerson. The, the list goes on. I well, mean, P- Pinkett seems to have a nice relationship. I mean, I think he fits into that 20 car. I think really nice between, you know, Ed driving the ovals mm-hmm. and, and, and with Pinkett on the road courses. It, it, and plus, he's an American. Now, granted, yes. they wanted to, to stay with an American driver. I understand that. But. I'm sorry if I'm Ed Carpenter. I have a choice between Munoz and J.R. Hildebrand. Mm-hmm. I'm going with Munoz. If I have a choice between Montoya and Hildebrand, I, Munoz, I don't think is in the Carpenter frame. Okay. Well, any if I go, I I want I'd rather have uh, Montoya. Yeah. Or, or who's the other one I'm thinking of? Montoya or uh, Hildebrand. Hildebrand. I mean, I mean, I like Hildebrand, but I mean, I don't think. I don't know. I don't. I think a guy, a guy that, that inside been, the beltway a lot of people would want to see back, although he does nothing from a big-name standpoint, is Servia, Oriel Servia. He's a great dude. He is. He will, like, if him and a young driver at Foyt could be fantastic. Like, him and a Connor or him and an RC at Foyt would be, like, spectacular. Mm-hmm. Like, that team would go, that that would instantly raise the caliber of that team. And he, he said he wants to do it. You know, he wants a multi-year deal. He's never had... Serbia's been in the sports for 16 years, but he's never been with the same team two consecutive years in a row. No, he's bounced back between, he, he's between back teams, and forth. Right. He's gone back to the same team in that. 
but the, he is just one of these guys who is he is he's he's mm-hmm. the, he's the absolute professional. He knows the he knows the cars. He's a good driver. He tests well, but there's just yeah, he's yeah. that utility guy. He's he's that you see it in baseball. You know what you he is? He's in, Craig Council. Yeah, he's, he's just, Craig Council as a ball player. Yeah. basically, you know, you, you can slot him at second, you can slot him at short, right. third base, you know, first base on occasion, help raise the the overall. But he's Craig Council. He's going to have a goofy batting stance and eventually become, <laughs> become you know a manager down the road. And he already is. He's been a team manager with the with a team in Formula E. So he's got a great accent as well. R.C. Anderson. Yes. Is he, is he going to be able to go full time? I they're working very hard on it. They're they're not 100 percent there yet, but there's two very good options for him, and they want it. They want it to happen. He's in a very very good position, but I think that I think they were hoping to have his stuff locked up now or close. So the longer it gets before mid November, that might be a challenge. But uh, he's a guy that showed very very impressive stuff in the three races this year, and quite frankly, I think he got in Connor's head a little bit because Connor beat his more experienced teammates throughout the year, and then R.C. came in and was out-qualified him three three in a row. And are we going to see his dad in the IndyCar Series this year with, uh, is it HVM? Not Who's that? Sorry? KV Racing. Wow, I, I was a throwback with HVM. KV yeah. Racing. Are we, we going to see the Carlin deal? Come uh, it makes sense. It makes sense. I Get your feet wet. Just, yeah. just you know, you got the equipment, and you just... It it makes a lot of sense. I mean, put if the they, kid, put your kid in the car. Yeah, I mean, it. it, it I I think it's e- going to happen. Anderson never drove for Carlin, if that's what, what you're saying. No, but I mean, he's. It makes yeah. sense for for every for all the parts. Right. Trevor will do it if it makes sense, and I think they're. It's probably it's close. I don't think it's done yet. Yeah. Any stretch, it's probably. It, it's going to need to happen just from a competitive balance standpoint. You can't lose teams and you can't lose another Chevy car, right? which is what that would be at this point. It's interesting. And the season starts in St. Pete in March. Yeah. And uh, hopefully I'm, I might be down there. I think we should take the show on the road. What do you say, Mitch? Florida in March? Yeah. You'll probably yeah. live with that, yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't suck. Yeah. Speaking from experience. Right. So I love Florida. I don't know about Sebring, but... Uh... No, you don't no. want to go down to see. <laughs> no. no. All right. Well, it is time now to take a break. When we come back, we'll be talking to Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Uh, and it's time now for a sports flash. You'll be listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On the web at MILW. CAR.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lupine from RacingNation.com. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey. Hi, Tony. Hi, Steve. How you doing today? And don't forget Mayor Mitch behind the board. I'm sorry, Mayor Mitch. How could I leave you oh, out? Oh, it's quite all right, Eddie. Just Eddie, the best first, question off, first question <laughs> for you. Uh, can a man have too many hats? Like sport hats and whatnot. No. Okay, that's what I thought because my wife is complaining because I bought a San Diego Clippers hat, an old throwback hat that came in the mail today. Was it? I, a flat it was on bill? sale. It was on sale. So was it a flat bill hat? 
Well, it is now, but I it's a snapback, right? Yeah, it's a snapback, and I'll I'll bend a bill. Even I'm not, better. I'm not like Connor Daly or some of these other guys. Are, <laughs> I can't. I gotta I gotta curve it. I'm old school that way. Should have got a Buffalo Braves. I like you very well. You know about the Buffalo Braves, Bob, been, Bob McAdoo, been, right? Yeah, I'm impressed. Yeah, hey man, Rand, the NBA Randy is my Smith. first love. That's my first game I saw as uh at, at the with the Bucks it was a Buffalo Braves game when I was 11 years old. Were the Braves in the Western Conference at that time? Eastern. Okay. Yeah, they adjusted them because the Milwaukee was in the Western Conference at right. the time. Yep. So Eddie Lupine, we had the United States Grand Prix last week, and we're in Mexico this week. Uh, qualifying is uh, we're in Q two right now, and Josh Verstappen is Josh Verstappen. I am just really off. Speaking of, H- I, I, I did an HV, HVM <laughs> reference before. Now I'm going Josh Verstappen. Yeah, Josh Verstappen was always linked to HVM, but he never actually drove for them. And you know, <laughs> let's keep, try Max. Max, yes, Maximilian Verstappen. Uh, Yep, he just went to the top of the leaderboard for the uh, third qualifying session. Um, and I think the theme, I think Tony might agree, is uh, sandbagging. Uh, these yeah. guys are going, you know, like at Coda last week. You know, all of a sudden they go a second faster than they went all weekend. And uh, I don't, you know, maybe Tony knows more about how they're doing that. But, uh, boy, I tell you. The sandbagging rule should be in effect with F1 right now. Well, well Eddie, one of the things that, that is that is uh, reported and in, in, in pretty much become a thing this year is that the Mercedes will turn their power units down before qualifying, and then they'll only kick them back up for qualifying. So we've seen it now two weeks in a row where uh, we've actually had three different drivers lead the three practice sessions from three different teams, or not from three different teams, excuse me, but uh, – it's it's become a case where once we get to Q3, the Mercedes guys can essentially you know metaphorically whip it out on the on the rest of the field, and you know they're they're well clear of it. Uh, the the strategy difference changes when you've got different tire choices. We saw that last week in in Austin, where Daniel Ricciardo and Max Verstappen were split between the soft and the super soft tires, so that determines how much grip they have and how well they'll start. Uh, and Eddie, when you when you look at it, they've been really the only team that's been able to take it to Mercedes. Uh, in recent rounds. Oh yeah, definitely. Tony, you're, you're totally right. I mean, uh, they're, they're the only ones and, uh, you know, it could have been a different outcome last week. Um, it probably should have been been, actually. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It should have been, but, uh, you know, it, it, it wasn't. So maybe tomorrow we'll see something different. Um, I'm sure Max should shine one of these weekends. He's definitely been there. And so is Danny. Yeah, I think I think uh, everybody's been thinking uh, after he won that first race, uh, you know, early in late spring that he would probably get one at least one more win before the end of the year. But getting back last week to the U.S. Grand Prix at the Circuit Americas in Austin, Tony, you were there, and uh, I mean, it looked very good from a spectator point of view. It looked like the the fans the fans really showed up for it. Yeah, events. it was it was a needed bounce back weekend for for that race and for that event after last year. It was a, a bit of a nightmare with the rain and the the track was closed for most of Saturday in 2015. They they let people in and they had to close it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't enough parking. They couldn't get the buses in. Um, this year, I mean, they basically instead of them trying to swing together a few singles, they basically went, okay, we're gonna we're gonna bust everything out. We're gonna go T Swift. We're gonna go Usher in the Roots. And you know, while the eighty three thousand might be a bit uh, a 
a strong estimate, I guess you could say, for the concert. And the same with the weekend number of 269. There's there's no question it was it was up in a big way over last year. Uh, and, and they needed that. I mean, that event, it, the U.S. has always struggled, and F1 has, with instability. They, they rotate courses. They rotate how long it runs. You know, there, is there American driver to root for? Is there American team to root for? I think, honestly, the idea of Haas as a team is almost easier in a way to get behind than a Rossi as a driver. And the reason mm-hmm. I say that is, and this is no disrespect to Alexander, who I was, you know, I was able to catch up with last week, but it's hard to root for a guy when you know the best he can do is 12th. And he was not in a position to shine when he was in F1. And, and I had a good chat with Danny Sullivan, uh, who was, uh, you know, past Indy 500 champion and, of course, longtime IndyCar veteran, raced in F1 briefly. You, you need you need teams, you need winners, and you need, you know, Rossi's been allowed to flourish now in IndyCar because he can win. He can, he's in, he's in equipment that can do that. With Haas, and Eddie, you'll, you'll appreciate this and you can, you can add to it. It's not been the easiest road for them in their first year, but as they get better, as they iron out their kinks, as they, you know, get into Q3, as they score points, that helps raise their profile over the course of the year. And, and that has to help them going forward. Yeah, that- Definitely, Tony. They they've had they struggled last week. They had parts falling off the car in the free practice session, and you know frustration over the radio uh, with the drivers. And you know, I mean, they just had you know this is a first year team, and people don't realize how hard it is to enter this sport. And for them to be at you know, I uh, Roman uh, Grosjean got a point last week and finished tenth, and and uh, I think they're at 29 points for the year, which is, you know, for a first-year team, people don't realize uh, that is pretty good accomplishment. But, you know, they make, you know, uh, two strides forward and five back, and, and that's what you're seeing. Uh, they both got bounced out today at Mexico in the first uh, qualifying session. Yeah, it was you know last you know they've been having this ongoing issue with the with the brake you know with the brakes and uh, the you know, Brembo their supplier made a statement uh, about corrections that they were working on on the car they think they found a problem and it it's just it's issues like that that you know you're you're putting the thousands and thousands of parts that go into a Formula One car and the development I mean Haas. Uh, was able to do what they've been doing because of the rules that that are in place in Formula One, which is encouraged. They can use development. The the is building their chassis, Ferrari engines, and whatnot. So I mean, it 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 it, it generates a environment for a team to come in. It'll be interesting to see if other teams are able to do that. It looks like on the horizon there isn't, but it, I mean, it's good to see that, and I think it's good for Formula One that a team like Haas can do that. I totally agree with you, Tony. When you see a team. It's an American team that that can score points, which mm-hmm. I think is really really important. Yeah, and uh, again, that you can see the improvement. There's there's you know, you know they're going to be there. Whereas with a driver, it's always dependent on budget if they're going to be able to continue going year on year. And that we saw and, that with Rossi, and that was that was his his issue. And uh, you know, Formula One brings out the stars, and and I guess we can go a little paparazzi here. Tony was out there. Who who are some of the people you saw out there? Huh. 
Uh, Lindsey Vaughn was out there. Um, her Sunday outfit was particularly striking, I think is the, the best way to describe it. Um, bumped into Venus Williams almost by accident at the airport leaving on Monday morning. You know, you're just going into the security line and it's funny when you go into the pre-line and then she goes into the regular line. It's like, wait a minute, that you're Venus Williams. You should be able to bypass Really? All she doesn't have the, the pass? Not on that. Not on that morning she didn't. You know, that's uh, breaking news on that front. Um, Christoph Waltz was there. Uh, we did not, and, and this was the surprise actually we didn't see the requisite uh matt leblanc sighting this year he's been at every coda grand prix and, and he wasn't this year the the highlight from a celebrity standpoint though was was certainly gerard butler on the podium uh, he was good he did a he did a shoey um daniel ricardo's unfortunate becoming a trademark thing mm-hmm. where you're drinking red bull out of a shoe because he doesn't drink alcohol in this case so uh uh, instead of instead of champagne, he, he had some Red Bull out of a shoe, and that's as disgusting or maybe not as it sounds. Well, it is now hey, time. Tom. Eddie, we got to take a break here. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk more, a little, little F1, and we'll also talk about uh, Audi and the situation with them leaving uh, sports car racing and where they might be going next year. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area and Apple Auto Care Association. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. Driven by Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin. Beautiful weather this weekend. Make sure you get out there. And also our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association on the web at milwcar.com. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline is Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Also in studio, Tony DeZino from NBCSports.com. Motorsports section. Uh, Audi is leaving endurance racing, which really doesn't, is not too much of a surprise being that they won everything. Uh, there's what else is there to do in auto racing? Plus you have the, the corporate, um, issue with Porsche also in endurance racing and that, and, uh, where are they going next year, Eddie? Well, they're going to go formula E racing. I know you laughed when I said, uh, I was going to long beach last year for formula E and I think I was the only media person I've recognized in, you know, 30 years that uh, I was the only one there. And uh, uh, Volkswagen uh, paid out earlier this week uh, the $15 billion fine for the TDI that they tried to, you know, have in the U.S. And, and that's with uh, the emissions issue they had. With the, Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. And, uh, you know, it, it just... You know, it's time to go to the board and ask for money to go race. And uh, everyone speculated last week that um, Audi was going to go another year. And uh, I think with paying that fine out with the emissions and, uh, you know, going to ask for, you know, it's probably closer to $500 million with with all the hospitality and everything for them to race the Audi R18. And well, I, Eddie, I, Eddie, I think it's I yeah. think it's really with uh, Tony. I think you can confirm it's kind of a PR deal. Let's go to let's see. We we've done this stuff with the diesels. 
we kind of got caught and uh, going to Formula One E is kind of a good way to repair your PR. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, they were they were never going to be two competing brands from the same parent company for longer than a few years anyway. So this was this was inevitable. I think it's just a year earlier than than schedule. I I mean, it it leaves a big hole because of what Audi's meant to the sport from what mm-hmm. they've done from a promotional aspect from. Uh, a marketing aspect from a presentation that there's a lot that they've done beyond just what they've done on track, which was, you know, kind of crafting its image, you know, first, you know, first with the petrol stuff through 05. I know I sounded English there for a second. And then what they've done with the diesels for the last, you know, 10 years. Uh, it just, you know, every all good things come to an end. And uh, rather than, than sadness, I think, I think the bigger shift here is the paradigm between so many manufacturers getting involved in electric car racing, uh, there's you know four or five in Formula E and more to come. Okay, yes or no? Will we see Audi and Formula One in the next two to three years, Tony? No, no. Eddie. No. Okay. No, totally not. All right. I'm, Tony's totally right. I mean, you know their presence, and I think what it's going to affect. If you read our stories on Racing Nation, me and Jack posted with IMSA ascending. Um, it's really going to affect the, the, our sports car racing over here because they were more of a partner with the WEC over in Europe and with Le Mans, the 24-hour race. And uh, it's really going to affect their status at Le Mans next year because it was a cornerstone. Uh, they were a cornerstone there. Um, I was there at the first race in 99 at Sebring. So it's it's going to be a huge domino effect, I think, Tony. Don't you think? Fortunate end uh, for for everything, but um, like I say, all good things must come to an end, like the show today. All right, real quickly, who's going to win while Martinsville? Uh, Truex from Paul. Truex, Eddie. You took mine. Uh, no, you can take Truex. Truex, I'll uh, go with Jeff Gordon. And uh, Formula One, not a Mercedes. Give me a podium at least. No Mercedes win? Yeah. Uh, Verstappen, Raikkonen, and Perez. There's your non-Mercedes podium, which okay. won't happen. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, well, I meant who's the, who's the next in class? Uh, I'll take Verstappen, Eddie. Uh, I'll go with Danny. Who? Danny Ricardo. Danny Ricardo. Okay. Very good. I'd like to thank everybody. I thank Tony DeZeno for joining me in studio this, this week. Excellent show, as always. And uh, you've been listening to the Final Inspection Show brought to you by legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, Wisconsin, along with our friends at the Milwaukee Area Napa Auto Care Association. Eddie Lapine, thank you for joining us from RacingNation.com and, of course, Dennis Michelson from Race Talk Radio. You're listening to the Final Inspection Show on Sports Radio 105 FM, The Fan. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.